Hey everybody, on this edition of Guys Talking Sports, we're going to get into the the NBA's issue with the Phoenix Suns owner, the one-year suspension and $10 million fine, talk a little about college football and what happened to Alabama against Texas, and NFL is king. Uh, We talk about some of our surprises, some of our disappointments, and we got our first, second-week pick-ems for this year. That a little bit more on Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. Um, we are back on another lovely Thursday evening, crisp um, pre-fall air in the weather, and this is the perfect time for Adrian to get out and get his um, American Gigolo on, if I can say that. <laughs> so, fellas, what's going on? First of all, I like to say that this is my kind of weather, where a brother of my <laughs> fluffy stature can step outside and not sweat. <clears throat> At least not as easily. <laughs> but everything is good, man. I can't complain at all. <laughs> Same here, man. Everything is good on my side. Can't complain at all. I'm just ready to get started and talk about what's going on in the world of sports, man. Oh, yeah. There's a lot going on. First week of NFL is in the books. The second week is actually starting off tonight with um, with the Chargers and the Kansas City Chiefs tossing it up. Um and uh, but before we get started on the NFL talk, uh, we definitely got to make a pit stop in the NBA, which is the sport that keeps on giving. And this, unfortunately, is not the most comfortable context for some people to talk about. Um, Robert Sayer, owner of the NBA Phoenix Suns and the WNBA Phoenix Mercury, has spent it for one year and fined $10 million by the NBA as a result of the investigation into their franchise. Um, some of the things noted was that an instance of inequability conduct towards female employees, um, sex-related comments, inflammatory uh, comments towards minorities, um, just to kind of um, state a few, um, he had used the, the N-word five times. I'm surprised it was they counted five. Um, he talked about female employees. He actually dropped his drawers and showed his genitalia instead of some, some people. Um, talked about female employees, talked about one female employee in, 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 the, in the instance of how she's going to keep her job and how did you get the job to begin with, even though he's the owner and he hired him. So I'm not sure why I even asked the question. Talked about the female cheerleaders and talked about how some of them may or may not have their jobs based on their weight and some other stuff. Um, but fellas, um, the ripple effects are are starting. <laughs> the talk is loud. Um, we already had LeBron James came, coming out saying that, you know, he didn't agree with the with the with the with the um, the terms and thought that it didn't go far enough. Um, Chris Paul, who actually is an employee of Robert Sayer, um, didn't give him a pass. So, fellas, what what are your feelings, and do you think? that the penalties with one year suspension and a $10 million fine went far enough. And to put in context, there was act, there was a question asked about why um, he didn't, um, you know, suspend them longer or force them to sell the team. But he said that based on their, I guess, I guess a constitution, 
he kind of said that he didn't really have the authority to do that, which is not technically wrong, but. Who said that? Silver? Yeah. Yep. So how did, okay. So how did the old boy from the Clippers who did what he did and the owner or the governors or what the hell they ever want to call themselves nowadays, how did they decide to vote and kick his ass out? So how uh, did how did that how did that that situation happen, and how did the owners not have the situation to do the same exact thing with this uh, with this governor? Well, Adam Silver didn't didn't kick him. Well, he suspended him, gave him a lifetime ban, and then the players said they didn't want to play for him. And then the other governors, I guess, put a lot of pressure for him to sell. So where's the pressure? But I guess because the players ain't sitting there talking about they ain't trying to play for them, I guess that's where the, the line is drawn. But they can sit there and uh, express their displeasure about the outcome. Hmm. Um, no, no, I, I think that's what everybody's waiting on, to be honest with you. I think that they're waiting for the players to, to take some type of ownership of it um which is kind of sad because of the fact is that when you think about it you know anything of this magnitude always has to revert back to the players before the play the players doing something in order for it to get to that point um and i i kind of understand what adam silver is saying um because it's kind of out of his hands like he can't force owners to sell their teams like it has to be, you know, a collective of all the owners or governors, as you would say, to do something like that. Um, the question is really is where's the ownership of the owners? Um, because I think that overall, they're, I don't see them all coming together because they're going to worry about their um, ownership with the team as well and how that equates if something, if they did something wrong as well to that magnitude. So is, I think it's always going to revert back to the players to do something about it. Um, and quite frankly, until they do something, and I'm not saying that they're not going to, it's just a matter of when. If they do it or when they do it, that's when it's going to take precedent, and I think that's when the governors is going to do react. Um, I think they're going to wait until the players do something, um, or the employees, I should say. Um, somebody's going to have to do something in order for the owners to get involved bottom line because if the players don't do anything the owners are not going to get involved but okay i look at this like the dan snyder issue with the commanders and everything that's going on the nfl side Mm -hmm. now dan snyder is sitting over there like i ain't giving up the team but there's so many allegations and so many things that's kind of just mounting against him so i'm assuming at some point pressure may get to him where he's going to say you know what screw this i can't deal with this crap and I'm just going to sell. So I wonder if that's what the NFL is hoping for, that all the pressure and everything else to just make it too unbearable for him to uh, to want to sit there and sell. Uh, but then I look at the NBA and what the NBA does being that it's a, it's a, fran- it's a, it's a, it's a sport that gives out money or pays, pays players like up there with the NFL. And the popularity 
damn near it's bigger than the NFL if you want to look at it from a global brand. And I wonder if that's what they're trying to leaning on, if that's what the owners are leaning on, that there'll just be that amount of pressure before the players have to get involved. Like, I don't see why the players should have to get involved because this isn't a player type of thing. No players were, at least to my knowledge, at least to my, to what I know, and I know very little other than what you guys told me prior to the show, of the displeasure of anything that happened towards the players. Just like with the Dan Snyder in the NFL, I don't think any of the players had any, any displeasure other than Dan Snyder coddling those who he wanted to coddle. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that's any different than the owner of this particular franchise maybe coddling certain players because he wants to coddle them as well. So when, when as a sports organization, is the line drawn where it sits there and says, you know what, either you're going to do A or you're going to do B. If you do A, you're good. If you cross the line and start doing B, you're gone. And stop with the BS. I I get what you're saying, I, I, and I agree with that. But the, what I'm saying is, is the fact that until and is <clears throat> the problem is, is that the owners are not going to do that. The governors at this particular point are not going to do something. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I would say that majority of the uh, governors. Um, they don't want that. I don't think that it's something that they would want to do because of fear of it be coming back to them. Um, and I think that that's where the problem lies. Um, I, to be honest, the perfect example is what happened to the owner of the Atlanta Dream. Um, when similar to what she did as the owner, and nobody didn't say anything until the Atlanta Dream players, the WNBA players themselves, was completely against the owner to the point where they started pushing to vote for the opponent of the owner um, saying, you know, wearing sleeves, I mean, wearing shirts, um, quite frankly, not even supporting their own owner. So until that happens where it's visible, where, you know, whether it's playing games and stuff like that, the, the media is not going to look at the owners at this point. They're going to look at the players or, the, the players are going to have to be in a position where whatever they say going forward, that's when owners is going to take ownership. Um, someone said at this point, it's going to be, and I heard it on, um, I believe, ESPN radio. Um, somebody made a, a, a statement saying the fact that what if, like, the it, it won't make noise unless the employees or the players says we're not playing for the owner or we're not playing these games. Or if the player says we're not going to play this game against the Phoenix Suns or the Phoenix Mercury, we'll take the L, but you're not going to get paid. You know, you're not going to benefit from us playing against you because of your owner. Like it's gotta be something dramatic before the owners take ownership and say, okay, look, we really got to figure something out. You know, we got to make a decision here because the players that don't want to, is not going to want to play against you or the players are not going to play for you or these other players are not going to play against you, which means Phoenix is going to lose money. And then at that particular point, some way, shape or form, the owners is going to be like, we got to make a decision here. So they're going to look for the players to do something. That's really what it's going to boil down to before the ownership says, okay, we got to react to this. And until they do, unfortunately, the owners is not going to say, we should just photo on this now. They're not, I, I just don't see that happening. And E, and not to cut you off, 
I just want to pose this one question. So why is it wrong to sit there and watch an owner suffer and lose money? Why is wrong? I'm not sure. Off. Yeah. So in other words, you know, you're sitting there and saying that, you know, it, it took up to the players to sit there and do what they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And then the possibility of money being lost and blah, 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 blah. If it's, oh, so egreg- if it's so egregious and all this stuff is going on, screw them. You know what I'm saying? If, if the fastest way to get somebody out of something is where he sees his bottom line going into the red. You know what I'm saying? If you if if silver and all the powers that be don't have the opportunity to uh, to to exercise the right to make sure that these jokers are whatever. Then if the players don't play and you put out a horrible product, what happens? People don't show. If people don't show, that means there's no parking. That means there's no concessions. That means there's no ticket sales. That means the owner is sitting there hemorrhaging money left, you know, hand over fist. And there's only so many years that I sit there, somebody's going to sit there and just hemorrhage money before they say, the hell with this. I need to get rid of it. So hurt them where it hurts best. Granted, a million-dollar fine is cool. You know what I'm saying? All these other things that they, that Silver talked about is cool. But you want to hurt the man, hurt him in his pocket. And if you want to sit there and still come out and do whatever he wants to do, promotions and spend money doing this, and he's not getting his return back, I guarantee you'll put that team up for sale in a heartbeat. And, and I think to your point, Al, I think that's the, the, that's the kind of the, the – the, the the middle that Adam Silver is stuck in. On the one hand, he knows, you know, what he said was wrong. But on the other hand, he's kind of tied by the constraints of their constitution. He can't take a team away because the man bought it. Uh, but to your point, Ace, and that's why I'm going to be very interested. The whole thing with um, Donald Sterling, this came out mid-season. This yeah. is coming out. This is coming out before even training camp. Training camp starts in, what, a couple of weeks? Mm-hmm about three weeks so you don't see there's no immediate impact to occur where the players of the clippers was like yo we ain't we ain't gonna play and you had other other players or other teams saying that if we're going to the clippers you have to play a home game we're not going to play with them in solidarity so you had that immediate pressure and then the owners go like you know you know read the win and see which way public opinion is going. And then he have a sit down with Donald Sterling and be like, yo, you got to sell and be up out of here. But right now, just like I said, they're a little hesit- they were a little hesitant to drop the hammer like that because, like, like you said, it could come back and bite them in the behind. So they won't do anything until you force them to necessarily do something. And like you said, Ace, it's going to come in the pocket. So my question to you guys is, with training camp and the season starts, do you think the Phoenix Suns are going to say we're not going to play any home games or we're not going to play, period? Because they want their money. <laughs> uh, if, if players want to sit there, and we know the, the majority of the NBA, is majority meaning African-American. You know, they're obviously that's the biggest. If they can sit there and do all this stuff for Black Lives Matter and all this other stuff and want to raise all this awareness, 
it has to be a it has to be a two-way street. In other words, you just can't be pro this. And because this is going on and you may not like it, but it doesn't affect my community, then you know, I'll just kind of turn my back on it, but not really do anything about it. If they want to be that voice, if they want to be sit there and and do all this other crap, excuse me, it's not crap, but do everything else that they did leading up to now, you know, then regardless of who, what race, creed, color, whatever, if there's something intolerable that's going on and you need a voice and you need to eradicate it, then you got to do whatever it is that you got to do to make sure that whatever needs to be gone is gone. So these jokers get paid pretty damn good money as long as they ain't going out there and buying tons of cars and houses and crap, which the majority of them do. And again, I'm just speculating on that crap. Then they need to sit there and say, you know what? Screw this. I ain't doing it. Because if they're doing right by their money, if they're doing right by everything, they should be okay. And then if the owners who have nothing to hide can go and do the same thing and be like, you know what? I back the players and what they're doing because we have nothing to hide. So it's it's easy to me. It's easy that, you know, training cap opens up, nobody shows up. Simple. I I really think that, I mean, to be honest, quite frankly, I know CP3 been through it before. So if anybody that can put something together in that regards, I'm pretty sure he will. Um, I'm very curious to see what they do, though. I mean, I'm not going to say that they shouldn't, they should act, you know, rush into doing something, but I'm very curious to see how they're going to act. They have a couple of, t- they have a little bit of time before training camp starts. Um, I'm curious to see, number one, if they come to training camp at all um, and see what goes from there. Um, I know that they put out a statement, but I'm just very curious to see outside of the statement what they're really going to do. Um, now, if they, like they said, if they don't do anything and they, you know, it's something that you can't really, if you're not proactive about something like this, especially being employees, you know, or players, um, and that goes for both um, the Suns and Mercury. Um, quite frankly, as I'm now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, I, it's, it's weird the fact that we haven't heard anything from him in regards to the whole Brittany Griner thing as well. But I digress. That's another story for another time. Um, but in general, I just think that. They're going to, I have a feeling it's something more that's coming down the pike, um, especially for the Suns and Mercury. And just interested to see what they're going to do at this stage. Yeah, the next couple of weeks are going to be very telling. Uh, you know, I agree with both of you guys, you know, training camp and what they're going to, what they're going to do as far as games being played is going to be the telltale sign. Um, like I said, Donald Sterling had a season, so he had a reaction right there. It was a lot of Pressure being because being it was on so was was on front page. Now back because NFL is starting college football, and so no one is necessarily checking for this right now. But once games get started, there's I believe there's going to ramp up. So yeah, you know, owners they, I mean, just like the owners in the NFL and MLBs, you know. The billionaire boys club, they stick together <laughs> until someone is really bad for business. 
and then you got to kick them to the curb for the greater good. But for right now, everybody's going to sit there and, you know, kind of go along with the flow. Yeah. And, 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 and see how, how public opinion, you know, goes with this. I mean, I mean, you're, you're definitely not wrong. Neither one of you. But if they really want to sit there and really spark a change, and the NBA is always trying to be in the forefront of doing things that are progressive and creating movements and being with the people, if if the Suns want to make a, a, a united front and a stand, this is the perfect way to do it. True. True. We shall see. Yes. All right. Moving on to 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 the gridiron. Um, Quickly, before we hit to the gridiron, um, I just got to touch one thing on college football. Um, <sighs> did we talk about Alabama barely escaping Texas? <laughs> and Notre Dame falling not out of the top 10, not out of the top 20, but out of the top 25. Um. Okay. Alabama playing Texas. Um, I think I think that has a lot to do with the fact that Sarkeesian came from Texas. I mean, came from Alabama to Texas and probably still has some sort of identity and some sort of idea of what's, <clears throat> of what's going on down in Alabama. He doesn't know everything, but he probably knows their practice regimen. He probably knows what they're talking about. You know, he knows a lot of some nuances that go on. So, I'm sure that when Texas played Alabama, they weren't when they when Texas played their first game, they weren't so much concentrating on that first game. They figured they had their first game in the bag, but their real game, their real test was Alabama. And then conversely, I think with all the hype that the media gives Texas every year, and Texas is just Texas every year, Alabama players are probably like, man, whatever, dude. This is just Texas. You know, they give them all this hype and they play like ass coming out the gate and then they'll end up seven and six. And then we were like, oh, that's this Texas. So I kind of believe that Alabama didn't give the true respect that Texas deserved. So Texas came out with a chip on their shoulder. Alabama was like, oh shit, they took their best punches and they were able to stand at the very end and get the, get the W, but they were lucky. So Alabama need to get their crap together and stop thinking that they're Alabama and take and ensure that they pay attention to each opponent for what they are because Alabama does have to target on their back and everybody wants to beat Alabama. So they can't come last days ago and think that they're going to just steamroll everybody regardless of what conference they play in. So with that being said, Marcus Freeman, I believe, is the coach at Notre Dame. Um, it's going through some growing pains. Uh, <laughs> he coached the bowl game and he coached these first two games and he lost his first three games. <laughs> he, uh, it's not because he doesn't have a, a, a lack of talent because he has some of the best talent in America playing for him. Um, and I definitely don't want to say it's a lack of execution. Um, I don't know what it is. You know, uh, it could be jitters. It could be a lot of different things. It could be just players just not playing up to their expectations. Uh, 
but you can't dismiss or discredit Marshall for coming into the game prepared, ready to expect the unexpected. And then you have to also take uh, to give credit where credit is due. Marshall head coach is one of an assistant coaches that used to come from Alabama. So he's coming from a great coaching pedigree. He knows how to coach these guys up. He knows how to play. He comes from winning football. He knows how to build these these guys up to let them say, like, look, just because they're Notre Dame, don't make it, you know, they're not as big or they're not as good as you guys or better than you guys. You guys can play with those with these jokers. And it could be one of those scenarios, too, where Notre Dame was like, damn, it's just Marshall. And Marshall just came out there and punched him in the mouth repeatedly over and over and over again. And Notre Dame wasn't even putting up their guard to try to block the punches. They were just taking them straight in the mouth. And I think that, you know, by the third and fourth quarter, Notre Dame was just like the hell with it. And I think they gave up fight, you know. So I think Marcus Freeman could get that team turned around. He got too much talent on the squad to sit there and Plus, he plays in the ACC. Damn, that's a weak ass conference. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on now. He's he's gonna get some wins. He's gonna get some wins out of there. But bottom line, <laughs> <laughs> bottom line is, you know, it's just he's still a young, dynamic coach, and he he has a lot of good years ahead of him. <clears throat> just got to give him some time. And the players believe in him. It's just you know, just the luck of the draw. And I think he'll get better as the season goes. And I, I don't I don't foresee Notre Dame losing. They probably might lose two more games. If they finish eight and four, okay, so be it. That's his first year. He'll get things corrected and moving forward, things will get better. Alabama, there's just no damn excuse. You just don't let Texas hang around with you like that. You you knock those fleas off your ball, sir. You know, and keep it moving. <laughs> and as far as Rutgers football is going. <laughs> Nah, this ain't no dig. They 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 winning ball games. Hell, I can't talk. West Virginia's on too. We getting smacked around the goddamn field. I'm giving credit where credit is due. You know, uh Chiano's out there coaching these guys up. They're getting W's. This will be a big test coming up this weekend. Um I don't even know who the hell they're playing, but somebody. I, I forget Temple. we talked about it earlier. Temple. Yeah. Man, that ain't so much of a test. Y'all should really destroy the temple, but you know. You got to give credit. Credit is due. Nobody's going to sit there and think that Rutgers has the possibility to start off 4-0, especially with Iowa being their fourth game and Iowa playing like pure hot trash. <laughs> Iowa is just some straight hot garbage. Dude, how the hell did they lose to Iowa State 10-7? Their only touchdown was a defensive touchdown. And they lost 10-7. The defense is amazing. Their offense is putrid. So a Rutgers should come out the month of September 4-0. And hopefully maybe even 5-0 because they play Nebraska after that. If they come out 5-0, y'all are golden. Y'all just got to steal one game from somebody. Y'all going bowling. Kudos. Big ups. Well, oh, you. you know, so... <laughs> Stupid mistakes, stupid drop passes, interceptions. The, you know, the list goes on and on. Just a lot of stupidity. Uh, it's frustrating because you think that they easily could be 2-0 if some bounces went their way. But obviously the bounces didn't go their way and they're 0-2 and there's no sugarcoating, nothing to sit there and say yay or nay or, you know, I'm proud of this 0-2 team. I'm disgusted. Hmm. But the bottom line is in order for them – 
this is the type of adversity they need to face if they want to become a, 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 an above average or a good to great team. They need to face some adversity like this. They need to hear the fans' displeasure. They need to hear all these rumors talking about Neil Brown is going to get fired and they're going to bring in other coaches. Put their ass up against that fire a little bit. See how they see how they come out and, and play this next game. They should blow Townsend out the goddamn water. Like, they should be so pissed. Like, Townsend should – it should be almost like how the uh, Hulk uh, did, uh, did uh, Loki – in the first Avengers movie, when Hulk just smashed that mother, just, just kept smashing his ass. You know what I'm saying? It's, it should be something like that. So uh, hopefully, you know, we can see see some movement. But overall, college football, and I know I just focused on four teams, uh, college football on the whole has been quite exciting. Uh, Texas A&M losing um, to Appalachian State, but that's that's nothing new. I remember a specific day at a certain somebody's wedding where we're sitting there running to the bar because Appalachian State was about to upset Michigan. Uh, <laughs> we were all at the bar like, wow. And I want to believe it was Al's wedding or Earl's wedding. It was one of the two of y'all's weddings that this happened. It had to be It had to be yours, Earl. It was yours, Earl, because it was on that Saturday, September 1st, right? Well, I'm, I wasn't really paying attention, so uh, yes. <laughs> but me, me, Johnny, and Brock was paying attention because we were running to the bar watching the game. <laughs> you guys were watching the game. I was, I was half and half. So yes. So Appalachian State doing what they're doing is nothing new. Uh, it's just good to see that there is. I don't know if it's COVID. I don't know if you know the sixth, the next year of eligibility. I don't know if it's a transfer portal. I don't know. It's a combination of different things all together. But it seems as though there's just a smidge bit of parity going on in college football right now where you got some of the underdogs playing really, really well, and they're being, they're able to knock off some of these higher-ranked teams. And it's, 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 it's nice to see. It's nice to see. Now it's just, just curious to see if the usual suspects are just going to stay the usual suspects. Obviously, Notre Dame's not the picture at this point. But then now you, you have the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Clemson. That's it. Let's see where it goes. I'll give you the final word on it. Yeah, sorry. I'm sorry. I was, I was <laughs> um nah, you're fine. Um I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna see if I can keep this. Um for me, it's just more so the, the key thing for me is the lack of preparation. Um, and you was right, Ace, in regards to a lot of teams not being prepared. Um, Notre Dame definitely didn't seem to be prepared. They have all the, the players and everything, but they just wasn't prepared for what they were supposed to be prepared for. Alabama, and <clears throat> I must say this, lack of preparation for Alabama, even though they sweep the win, um, it shows how good Texas – we'll see how good Texas really is because if Texas can make a run – um, all the way through to the college playoffs or whatever the case may be, then it will knock some of that that steam from that game off of Alabama. Um, but quite frankly, I don't see why, and I'm going to continue to say this until I'm blue in the face, like Alabama needs to continually smash the rest of their way through because quite frankly, they didn't play like a top 14 um, this week. 
and I still don't see how they're still top rank. I don't care what everybody's saying in regards to Alabama. For them to be that close in this game, um, to 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 actually almost losing the game, um, is quite remarkable at this stage. Because you would think that Alabama would have been better prepared for Texas, but it seems as though that they weren't that much prepared for them at all in order for them to squeak that win. Lack of preparation, of course, now makes Notre Dame not a college playoff team. Um, we'll see how they play. It, it, like you said, they have the players, they have the coach, but they're still not prepared to – it just seems as though they wasn't prepared for the games that they lost. Um, we'll see how that plays out. I'm really curious to see what Texas does, though, going forward, because that should solidify whether or not Alabama remains in the top four or whether or not they have some ground to make up on their own the rest of the way. Um, I'm not going to say anything else about Rutgers or West Virginia. I think that it's just this first week. Um, the more they practice, the more they prepare. We'll see how if these games were kind of flukes or whether or not this is shows in this particular season where these teams stand or where they should stand going forward. Yep, and I uh, and I guess for Texas, I guess they need to better identify a better QB because uh, the, the backup didn't do crap. And um, I'll say for Alabama's um, sake um, that they probably take that game lightly. Yeah, but I was watching that game for – I watched the majority of that game, and trust me, that rookie QB was giving them a whole lot of problems. And if he didn't go out, not to say Texas would have pulled off that game, but if that defense was playing like there was against that offense and that boy was slinging a rock like he was before he got injured, which is a bad play how he got injured, I think Alabama could have took that, would have took, let me see. I'm not going to say would have, but it's highly probable that Alabama might have had to really squeak that one out and took an L or scored a lot more points than they did because that QB, they couldn't do crap. He didn't throw. He just ran. Personally, I would have loved to see Alabama take that L. The the, the voters and everybody else still would have gave, you know got them in with one loss or whatever, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. Yeah. But I would have loved to see Texas beat them. But then I would love to see Texas come off that high and then beat Texas and then be trash at the regular, you know, at the end of the regular season. <laughs> but the thing about it is, is that text, I mean, they provide that blueprint though. So True. it's going to be very interesting to see how Alabama plays these remaining teams because they quite frankly provided a blueprint for a way to beat Alabama. Now, whether or not the opposing teams execute it to perfection, we will see. But right. I, I, you have to admit that this game now provides some insight into how Alabama's offense and defense is. I agree. Uh, Got to watch those inside linebackers coming right up the gut because uh, Bryce Young was have, didn't know what to do up until he got lucky in that fourth quarter. But we'll table, table college football until next week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, right now, back to the big boys of the gridiron. And if I'm looking at the game, just to give an update, it is oof, 17 to 7, the Chargers. Who's given a much, much stiffer competition than the Cardinals because the Chargers have a much, much better defense <laughs> than the Cardinals, and they're putting it on them. Oh, they have a much book. better, they have a much better defense than the Cardinals. Quick question. Is is Clint uh 
Cliff Kingsbury, is he on the hot seat? At the moment, no. But if this season goes real sideways by the end, probably. Because But he's good. He's good. By my opinion, he's good. He's good at least to this year, depending on how the season goes out. I co Because who do you think is better offensively, the Cardinals or the Chargers? If you just put paper to paper, talent to talent, who should be better? I would have to go. My opinion would probably be the Chargers. I mean, is it is it not a wash between Murray and uh and uh, I forget the QB's Herbert for Herbert? No, no, I don't think it's a wash. I, well, okay, as far as I'll, pocket presence and such, but you know, you give Murray the the ability to scramble and get yards that way. If you had to do it like that. <sighs> Scrambling to get yardage, I'll give Murray a slight edge, but overall pocket awareness and being much more accurate with the ball and placing it with the ball, I'll give I'll give Herbert. I would say probably their offensive weapons. You might be able to see a watch I think D Hop and Keenan Allen, you know, I think D Hop is is slightly better, but I think their offensive weapons will watch, but not the QBs. I think Herbert is Slightly better than Murray, and, and obviously the and obviously the defense is for the Chargers better than the Cardinals. Just pure evidence of, of the game. So, yeah, yeah, I, that's one of the reasons why I chose the, the Chargers at this point because of that. And not only that, it's just that it's their chemistry right now is is where it should be. Um, I think that the whole thing, the whole offseason with um, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, I. I, I would give the edge at this particular point, at this particular stage, to the card. I mean, to the Chargers. Okay. So speaking of, speaking of, so good, good question, my man. Um, so, with all of the, with all the wins and losses and ties, and I actually thought it was going to be two ties. No, three ties. <laughs> um, in the first week, um, did any game or you know any team surprise you in? And did one team disappoint? Uh, I like the fight in the Giants. Um, I'm not gonna lie, that was that was good to see. You know, I didn't watch the entire game, but it was good to see that they had some fight in them and didn't quit, and they came back to the end and did what they had to do. Seattle, without a without a doubt. Um, I guess that would say that surprised a lot of people because, you know, everybody was saying that their quarterback situation was trash. They lost, uh, they lost Russ. Uh, they, you know, the offensive line woes, defensive woes. Now, mind you, Denver did gift them that win, pretty much. But also, if I had to sit there and kind of analyze how Seattle played that second half, they played that second half not to lose versus out to win. Correct. And rightfully so. Gino has a, a history of throwing some bad passes down the stretch and changing the way games might 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 end. So they had their reasons for playing the way that they played. But um I guess that would be my surprise 
and the Giants with, with their fight and the Commanders. The Commanders actually going out there and playing pretty well. And Miami. <laughs> not, no. and, and I wasn't so much surprised that Miami played well. I guess I was just surprised at how well they played. Okay. Um, just wanted to make sure you was you was good. Um, <laughs> now nah, my two was definitely Seattle and the Giants. Um, I love how Seattle played. Um, and I love how the Giants played. Um, with the, the the willingness to fight back. Um, which is rare because you wouldn't have seen it with the previous coach. Um, so I definitely gave kudos to that because I kind of felt that the Giants were one. You know, they won that game. Same thing with Seattle, as a matter of fact. But my disappointment is always, and I said this on, you know, I know I said this fantasy and all that stuff, but my disappointment is going to be right now the Green Bay Packers. And it's more so Aaron Rodgers than anything. Um, No, I wouldn't say Aaron Rodgers. Let me rephrase that. It's more of the offense as a whole. Um, I would have thought that they would have found a way to at least score some touchdowns. I think they did at the end telling, but the fact that the wide receivers are not on par with Rogers, I thought that that would have been handled by training camp. Um, and obviously they still got some work to do. So um, the wide receivers, definitely all those drop passes and it was just, it was a mess. Um, but I really believe that they're going to right the ship, so to speak. Um, they have time to do it. So, um, but I was just disappointed, disappointed in how, their offense was, or should have been. Um, I thought that it would have been, should have been a little bit more tuned than what it was. That was my, really my disappointment. Um, everything else, let me rephrase that. Yeah, that was my disappointment because after seeing a couple of people trying to get their revenge games, losing it, I it wasn't really a, a thing, a shocker to me. So that's my only disappointment at this point. Yeah, um, uh, overall surprise. I didn't get the chance to see um, one snap of the Giants game outside of uh, <laughs> outside of highlights because they didn't show the Giants game down here. We got everything else what? but that. Yeah. Oh, well, where you are? It's, a, it's regional right. stuff down here. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they got they got they normally would show the Giants game if they played late, but we got preempted by the game that was a disappointment for me was uh, Green Bay Packers. Um, I agree, Al, the offense, people can, people like Dan Olaski on ESPN can give, can give um, Aaron Rodgers every pass and, and break in the book that they possibly can. <laughs> Fact of the matter is the man didn't want to play one snap in preseason. That's true. And the man said that basically he said that his receiver sucked when he did go out there and practice. And had to be basically dragged in to an offensive meeting to kind of, you know, temper, temper the, um, you know, temper everyone's, um, you know, comments. So surprised about that. I'm disappointed about that, but I'm really surprised about the Los Angeles Rams. They got, they has lit up by Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was the opening night. You got your rings, you got everything. Stars is out in attendance, all eyes on you. I mean, I mean, if they would have lost close, I would have been that surprised. But the way, I mean, Josh Allen just, whoo, that boy damn near dropped close to 300 passing yards. And they did it effortless, effortlessly, it seemed like. It just seemed like the Los Angeles Rams didn't even come out to play. So <laughs> I was 
I was surprised at that. <laughs> surprised at that big time. Yeah. Um, I just didn't see that coming. But no, I didn't see. Let me phrase that. I didn't see both both Los Angeles Rams playing like that. And I thought, you know, I thought Aaron Rodgers was going to come back. But boy, Minnesota was putting that heat on them, man. They, <laughs> them boys was, he was getting his ass popped. It, it almost kind of felt like, like, like it just, he just, I'm not saying that he, it, 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 he did it. This is what I'm, I'm just saying it almost felt like it was just a whatever at this stage. Like it is what it is. Like he just felt as though that it like, it was very passive. It wasn't aggressive in their offensive flow. And it almost just seems as though that it was just eh. like, Minnesota, don't give me Minnesota's offense right now is potent. Like it is with Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins and you know Dalvin Cook. Like they just seem like it. To be honest, it's almost as if they're trying to. They're almost as where Buffalo is offensively, um, which is very interesting um, because everybody didn't even talk about Minnesota's offense. It was more so about you know, what Green Bay was going to do. They should be able to win games. But I would not be surprised if Minnesota wins that division. You know what I got from all that? I think I think when they traded uh when they traded the wide receiver to Oakland. Devontae. Yeah, when they traded Devontae to Oakland. And they traded him prior no I'm sorry, after Rogers got paid, if I remember correctly. Correct. At this point, Rogers is like, screw it. I done got my money. I got another four years here. I'm going to collect all my dough. And then I'm going to walk off in the sunset. You know, he's going to either that or he's going to force his way out. And he's going to pull a farb and he's going to go bounce around for a couple of years. And get, and get paid because of who he is, obviously. But I just think Aaron Rodgers is just like, screw it. I'm just done, you know. That's all these years... I've I've waited and I've tried to get this offense and I've tried to get some talent around me and y'all did me y'all never really I mean you guys hit on talent in later rounds but I never got that premier big time target in the first round that I thought that could be a game changer and I think at this point he's like you know what if they catch it they catch it they don't they don't I don't care if we go on in sixteen and I think that's how he's going to run the rest of the season. <laughs> I would never be surprised. And not for nothing, but it just almost seems as though that this is where the tailspin begins. Um, especially if Devontae, like what's crazy about it is because Devontae Adams had more receiving yards than the Green Bay wide receivers combined. That alone should be telling. And if and I'm gonna say this because I know that they have injuries. Um Lazard was injured. Um, he didn't play. He's supposed to be there, the primary receiver, once he comes back. So I get that. So I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt here. Um, but if Green Bay, I would not be surprised if Green Bay, if not, makes a wild card or is either a wild card or don't make it into the playoffs. I would not. It would not be shocking, um, at least from me. Um, it may be shocking for everybody else, but until they right the ship, and like you said, the whole thing about missing training camp because, you know, that alone is like the chemistry is not going to be there. 
And it's going to take time for that chemistry to, to redevelop, especially with new wide receivers. So if they don't get their act together, I would not be surprised if they have a losing record halfway through the season. Hmm. Interesting. Um, before we get to our pick'em game um, for the week, um, another quick topic um, briefly. Lamar Jackson has decided to, you know, suspend contract talks during the season and even told the reporters, say, hey, look, I ain't talking about this no more. If you're going to ask me about this, it's done. It's over. I ain't talking about it. They'll come at me no other way. It's not going to be discussed until the end of the season. Um, barring any significant injury, um, and there was reported that he did get a contract offer that would have been, I believe, more guaranteed. A contract more than Kyler Murray, but not all guaranteed. Um, do you think that? Do you think that he will get his contract? <laughs> and what and what kind of money do you think he's looking for? Uh okay. So I'm down in this area, so I do listen to the. Uh, the sports radio in this this region. Um, the biggest thing that people keep talking about is the fact that he does <clears throat> he does not have a, a, um, an agent, and the agent would tell him that you know what you're doing is crazy because you're betting on yourself in a contract year, knowing that in football, the worst case scenario is that you get injured and you never get played again, and you never you won't make any money. And Lamar's like, screw that, you know, whatever. But it's obvious to me that, yes, Lamar is not the most accurate passer. But you can't tell me that without Lamar, this team is a playoff a playoff team. Because obviously it's not. Hmm. So my thing is, and I think we discussed this offline, he wants to be the highest paid player when it comes to guaranteed money in the NFL. So if he plays out this and then Baltimore turns around and puts him on a tag, he's going to accept the tag because that's still twice as much money he's probably has gotten. He's getting 23 this year. The twag, the, the tag will somewhere be in the mid-40s. So he'll make, he'll double his money. If you're going to pay the man 40 something million dollars for a year, just suck it up. Do a short term contract like they did for uh, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Kirk Cousins got what I thought he deserved. It was weird that they sit there and paid him in guaranteed monies, but he did well enough where he was extended off of that. Lamar paid a man three years, 150 guaranteed. You trying to tell me that one person will sit there and take $50 million a year for three years? And you're already going to be, you're going to be paying them somewhere close to 40 something million come next year. And if you all don't come to another contract agreement, it's going to be closer to 50 the second year when they put them on the tag. Just pay the man the three years, 50, uh, three years, 150 guaranteed. After the second year, you come back and reevaluate. If he hasn't, in the, in the terms of the contract, if he hasn't, you know, progressed in the way that they want to, then you'll sit there and then he'll be like, I bet. But he bet on himself whether he wins or loses. If he takes you all to the playoffs, he takes you all to the Super Bowl, 
and then pay up for another three years. Do three years 60. <laughs> you know what I mean? But either way, just pay the man. I think he's earned it. And if you do a uh, if you do a short long short term go short term contract, paying them the most that you that you're willing to pay them, three years one fifty I think is is manageable, because the salary cap continues to go up every year. But I think Baltimore would be fine, but they try to play hardball. I I don't if I was Lamar three years one fifty give me that in a heartbeat. Pay me, and if I get hurt year two. Pay me. I'm set for life at 150. <laughs> but that's um, my that's my grip. I real quick, I do agree with what you're saying. I think that right now it just boils down to I think they're really just waiting on the what he does this season. Um I think that they're gonna make that they're definitely gonna pay him. I think it's just more so of the amount that they're willing to offer um based off of what he does this year. I totally agree with you, Al. Um, uh, it's going to be a waiting game. I mean, you look at somebody like Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was in somewhat of a similar situation and got hurt. <laughs> and Jerry still backed up the truck from him and gave him $77 million. Um, million. But um, I'm with you. I'm with you, Ace. I would take it. You would take it. I don't think he would take it. He and wants that number... He wants that number to be, I think, he's looking for $200 million guaranteed. He's not going to get the Deshaun Watson guaranteed contract because that's an outlier. And, nope. if it, and somebody will eventually get something like that, but I don't think it's going to be him. However, he puts a lot of pressure on him if he does one or all of these things. Wins another league um, MVP, puts a lot of pressure wins the playoff games and gets an NFC championship game. Win or lose, puts a lot of pressure. Gets to the Super Bowl. Lose, puts pressure, and he looks good losing, puts pressure. It's not his fault. Right. If he wins and wins the um, you know, you know, MVP of the game, wins league MVP, and it's up in all the statistical categories for, you know, QBs, that puts a hell of a lot of pressure on the Baltimore Ravens. They don't want that at all. <laughs> so he's betting on himself, and we'll, we're going to see how this plays out. Um, he's doing someone similar to what your boy Aaron Judge is doing right now. And, man, he's, you know, Brian Cashman and the Steinbrenners right now are <laughs> – they sitting in that office <laughs> stressing <Yeah>. hard. <laughs> this, this is all they hear in the background. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Just back it up, baby. <laughs> Just back up the so, truck. <laughs> and so, so I think Lamar Jackson betting on himself is a very scary proposition. Yeah, he gets twenty three million, but I think he wants, I think he wants two hundred million guaranteed. Whereas about as close to that two hundred million guaranteed that you, that you can get, as long as it's hiding, hiding Kyler Murray, and close that you can get to Deshaun Watson. Because I think in his heart of hearts, he believes he's better than Sean Watson and better than Kyler Murray because he has a league MVP. Unanimous. And not been any kind of trouble that Deshaun Watson has been or Kyler Murray has caused the Cardinals. So he's going to have to force their hand 
And one or all those scenarios is going to force them. It's just going to be like you said, Al, what they're what they're going to pay because they're going to pay them. It's just a matter of what in the years. But ain't that crazy though when you sit there and stipulating on field play, but then you're also throwing in off field character. Like I, I I don't understand how off field character should dictate how somebody should get paid. I don't get it. Now Deshaun Watson, I think Cleveland <laughs> is just desperate. <laughs> I mean, you know the NFL owners must have picked up the Cleveland Browns. It's like, what the f are you guys doing? Agree. <laughs> you messing it up for everybody. That was just pure desperateness in in the biggest sense. But I and I guess that's where an agent would come into play, and like an agent would sit there and be like, "Look, I understand what you feel. I understand what you believe, but Deshaun Watson." We will not see another contract like that for ye- for years before you see a contract like that. And if and the crazy thing about it is, if Baltimore caves and does a contract like that for Lamar, they just threw everything else out the window, and the shit is just all out of whack. Just moving forward, because <laughs> because think about what uh, Herbert is going to want, mm-hmm. and. Um, who else is the other quarterback Burrow. that's coming up? Yep. You know, so they all sitting there rubbing their hands together and telling Mark Jackson, take them, take them. Yeah. Take them I to know. the cleaners. Yeah, yeah. But Burrow at least deserves something because at least he's he led his squad to the Super Bowl. Herbert ain't did shit. Herbert ain't go to no playoffs. Herbert ain't win no MVP. Whoa, whoa. What are you about to see this year? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So exactly. the only one that's deserving ready to see. <laughs> I agree. I agree. You know, and I think everybody wants that Patrick uh, Patrick Mahomes type of contract too, that 10-year or whatever, 7-year, 9-year, $500 million contract. But again, 500 mil. But then again, you ain't lead a team to the Super Bowl in your second year and win and do all this other type of stuff and been to the Super Bowl three or four years in a row. So I don't know. Yeah, and all his money is backloaded, so they can exactly. you know acquire the talent now. But come in a couple of years, they're gonna have to pay the they're gonna have to pay the piper. <laughs> oh, they they're gonna be shitty. They're gonna. They, but then again, you never know. Mahomes might say, you know what? Give me that Bobby Bonilla treatment. <laughs> Go ahead and pay me fifty million dollars, uh, two or three million dollars every year for the next fifty years. <laughs> I'm, I am so waiting for another player to do it. I, I am so man, waiting. For I, I would be it. that dude. Trust me. <laughs> and when I just sit down and have Adrian Catwell day, when I sit there and collect a check for two million, just smoking a stogie. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, man, that be me. No, nah, but for when real. you think about it, but. For the Patrick Mahomes kind of contract back end to, you know, if you really set it up that way, that's like you could really easily make like 10 mil a year and be content. Why not? Five to 10 mil a year. And just to think about it, in the context we were talking about, you know, the QB's eyes being paid, you, people were floating around the 200 million guaranteed with Patrick Mahomes a couple of years ago. And they were saying the contract that he signed for the length of time that he gave the Kansas City Chiefs a break. People were expecting him to get the 50 before Aaron Rodgers got 50 million a year. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody would have had a problem with that. But he put it on the field and he deserved that shit. 
Yeah. That's the difference. He put it on the field and earned that money, being as young as he was and led the team to a Super Bowl and win. That's generational talent. That's that's the he was considered to be the next Tom Brady. And Tom yeah. Brady ain't seen nowhere near that type of money. But I mean, not like he needs it when you got a supermodel wife making more money than you. But no, it is, it is Ooh, what it is. We we never get into that, that <laughs> yeah, discussion <laughs> this week. That he, got 90, he got 99 problems and Giselle, <laughs> his wife, is exactly. all of them. <laughs> exactly. So real quick before we roll up, guys, our pickup game for the week. I was looking at the schedule. Let's go with the Minnesota Vikings at the Philadelphia Eagles Monday night football. <laughs> Who you got? I'm going Philly. I'm going to go with Minnesota. <clears throat> I'm going to split, and I'm going to go with Minnesota. I say, I say Philly because the brass in Philly probably still wasn't sold on um, – the hell's his damn name? QB. Jalen Hurts? Yeah, Hurts. Yeah, Hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, they still aren't really sold. They made him the number one, but he played in the preseason. And they got a lot of talent. The defense is nice. I think the youth and exuberance with Philly is going to propel them over Justin Jefferson and Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football. Oh wow! Um, I totally disagree with you. Um, <laughs> not, real quick, I, I think that um, the offense, Ooh. Minnesota offense, is too powerful, too much for um, Philly's defense at this stage. Um, I really believe that Kirk Cousins and them is going to really have an offensive flow to in this game. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of on the lines the same way you're thinking. I'll, uh, I'm gonna tell you from being on this Philly, Philadelphia area, the Eagles fans are still not sold on Jalen Hurts. <laughs> They're coming around to him, but they ain't 100 sold on him. Um, but I agree. Quick um, whoa, 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 quick question: Do do they still want? Do they still miss Carson Wentz? Oh my God, no! <laughs> they, they, still miss, they still miss Nick Foles, but they don't miss Carson Wentz. Oh, oh God. <laughs> All right, fair enough. All right, continue. Hey, they brought he, yeah, he, he he brought the man a Super Bowl. You know, he he's God like in the city, but um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think the, 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 the offense, you know, what 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 their wideouts with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, you know, and Dalvin Cook, I think their offense can run up enough points where it's going to put pressure on the Eagles to have to throw it more than they want to, and I think that's what. Will probably get Jalen Hurts in a bit of a trouble into some bit of a troubles. So, and I think they can score on that 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 defense. They have the weapons. We'll, 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 but we all shall see. So that means Ace has the Eagles, and me and Al has the Minnesota Vikings. So we're going to remember that for next week. Yes. yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right, everybody, it is our time. So, fellas, let them know where they can find you. At. Well. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. Twitter, Instagram, I am Al Qualls. You can find me maybe back on the block. It's a little cooler outside. But for the time being, you can find me on Twitter at uh, CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. 
You can find me on Twitter, Snapchat, and the Gram at J.E. Ross, the number seven. So I want to thank everybody for listening, subscribing, and to um, a couple of the people who have uh, sent this to and they're listening, you know, and, and nice comments. So uh, we want to appreciate everyone else that's listening in. So uh, always same bat time, same bat channel next week. Peace. <laughs>